Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and this podcast is being created to provide you with inspirational and uplifting content to help you level up in life. Join me while I interview a variety of guests from around the world who share their stories, including highs and lows, successes and failures, tips and advice, and the lessons they have learned along their journey. I am also sharing my own growth and transformation process with you while I'm on the road to reaching my ultimate potential. In this podcast, you can expect all things mindset, wellness, self-love, spirituality, personal development and fitness. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm so excited that you are joining me. I upload weekly episodes to this podcast, usually with guest interviews, but I also record some solo episodes. And in this podcast, you can expect all things self-development, mindset, health, wellness, fitness, and spirituality. So I like to talk about everything and anything that I am interested in, really. And I also cover quite a few episodes in regards to business. However, in this episode, it's kind of like a part two talking about dyslexia. So last week I uploaded an episode with a guest named Kelly Watkins and we were talking about her story with dyslexia and how it has impacted her. And it had recently come to me that I wanted to spread more awareness and talk a little bit more about dyslexia because I have it. And obviously it's something that I will always have for the rest of my life and I'm definitely not alone in that. And I think given that I have this podcast and I have an audience that it only seems right for me to stand in my truth and bring more awareness to this in the hope that it will help other people feel less alone if they have dyslexia. It can also help educate certain people potentially and then also inspire others too if they do have dyslexia that it doesn't actually have to hold you back and it doesn't have to be a limitation. In this episode I was joined by Natalie who is the founder of Dyslexia in Adults. She runs an Instagram account with that handle and she is also building an online community of support for adults with dyslexia and she talks to us today about why she created this account, why she started this community and the whole purpose behind it. We also go into a lot of different tips and advice in regards to living with dyslexia and how you can begin to recognise that it does not need to hold you back. We spoke a lot about the positive attributes that people who have dyslexia tend to have and we also talk about many other aspects with dyslexia and I really enjoyed having this conversation. Just wanted to add that I don't know what it was but I think my mic settings were a little bit too loud and then as I was listening back to the episode there was a point, it's like halfway through the interview where... I'm a lot louder than Natalie and it was annoying me a little bit and the reason why I'm telling you this is because I am aware and I think it was because the sentence as I say on the mic was a little bit too loud so I'm sorry if that annoys you. It does stop for some reason when we're halfway through the interview and the audio seems to just go back to normal where we are both the same sound and you can still hear what both me and Natalie are saying but it just may frustrate you a little bit and I just kind of wanted to say out of courtesy really I'm sorry if it does and I am always working on improving my audio to make sure that it is the best quality as possible but at the moment it is just me who is working on all things when it comes to the podcast and I am always trying my best to 
put amazing content out there for you. I'm always really consistent. I'm always really mindful and considerate about the guests that I have on, the types of questions that I ask them. And as you know, if you've been a long time listener, I've been fortunate to be able to have some amazing guests on my podcast. And I hope that you have took a lot of value from the episodes. I know that I definitely have when I've had the opportunity to speak to these people and this is what it's about it's obviously free content but it's giving good value spreading awareness bringing community together and helping people feel less alone and I know if you listen to my podcast you are probably more than likely good energy a healer have good intentions and want to grow and evolve and reach your potential but I just wanted to state that really the other thing as well is If you follow me on Instagram, keep an eye out on my account because I am coming up with a little bit of an idea. It's like I'm being called to do a live activation or some type of live training coming up in the next week, maybe even next week, like Thursday. I don't know yet. I need to have a little bit of an idea and come up with what I'm feeling into, what seems right. And I will post more when I know. I'm definitely being called to lean into more of the feminine and masculine energies and I actually done a live IGTV that I recorded for the podcast too so I'll probably upload the audio of that after this episode so if you haven't watched the IGTV or the story, the live story that I did you'll be able to listen to it on the podcast and I was talking about my experience with the feminine and masculine energies and the wounded feminine and masculine energies in particular. It's so fascinating, all of that stuff, and I really just scratched the surface in that live, and I'm definitely being called to lean into that a little bit more and talk a bit more about it, because I do think it's a a topic that people do find quite interesting, and if you aren't familiar with spirituality or you haven't gone down that path, you may not know these things, particularly around like the goddess energies or the witch wounds and how it can influence the way you are showing up now. And it can also hold you back and it can also prevent you from being able to reach your potential if you've not done that healing work, you know, when it comes to the subconscious mind. So yeah, keep a lookout for that because I'm kind of going through a little bit of a transition of thinking, I want to do like an activation, something like good vibes, high vibe, free on Instagram, whoever wants to come. And then if people can't come, I can send them a link if you let me know that you want to be a part of it, but you can't make the live. And yeah, let's let's just say I don't really know you may or may not know but I'm currently studying for a hypnotherapy course and I have been on the course this weekend and I'm enjoying it every single moment of it I'm learning so so much and I can just see how well the hypnotherapy will fit in to what I'm doing and my message and how I'm going to be working with people I will definitely be you know offering hypnotherapy sessions and I will be doing that because I want to be able to help women change their mindset change their behaviors and in the hypnotherapy training we focus a lot around things such as building confidence building self-esteem self-love stopping smoking uh, reducing anxiety then we also touch on weight management you know like weight gain emotional eating and then there's other aspects too when it comes to hypnotherapy you can actually cover so so many different things because you can also cover things such as phobias and fears that people have 
so yeah just keep a lookout for that and i definitely think it will complement my meditation skills even more too so yeah it is all positive and exciting also as well before i introduce you to natalie and today's episode i wanted to let you know that i have decided i'm going to take a break from guest interviews during the month of december it just feels like the right time for me to do this and it will allow me to set some intentions for 2022 thinking about growing the podcast and how I can make it better what type of guests I want on the podcast in the future and also what type of topics I want to delve into even more so giving myself time to have a break will do me the world of good I think and I was actually reflecting on the podcast only yesterday and I have interviewed 47 people this year which I just couldn't believe I've enjoyed every single moment of it and I've had so much fun doing it and I've learned so much and I feel like I've grown a lot as a host and if you've been with me from the very very beginning I would be curious to see whether you have noticed me grow as a host and build build my confidence with interviewing and speaking to other guests and yeah like I say I do really enjoy it but I think because it's been so full on and it's everything's kind of happened at once this year just having the opportunity of the four week break four or five week break will really really help me and it'll just restore my energy and my creativity with things that being said though this episode that you are about to listen to is not the last guest episode of 2021 i still have one more interview to do which is on tuesday and i'm wondering whether you can sense from the tone of my voice how excited i am and it's kind of come out the blue really but i couldn't pass it off so i am going to be doing that interview that is the last day of november and i probably will upload that episode around the middle of December I might even do it as like a Christmas special type of episode I'm not sure yet I still need to think about it and then in terms of any other uploads I probably will still do one or two solo episodes just with me doing like a year round up I'm not sure but it will only be a casual like impromptu episode it's not going to be anything intentional as such I will feel into what I feel into really with it. I wanted to just let you know because you will notice now after this episode and then once I've uploaded the live episode that I recorded on Instagram, there'll be a bit of a period where I don't upload for a little bit until I then upload the final interview of the year and then that'll pretty much be it. And yeah, it's just obviously to allow me to take that step back to get further ahead. So I wanted to let you know there so you were aware of the situation. That is all from me today. I know that this introduction is quite long but I felt like I had so much I wanted to share with you and it was all really relevant stuff that I just didn't want to miss out. So I'm now going to introduce you to Natalie. I hope you enjoy this episode. I will catch up with you all soon. Welcome back to Lift Yourself Podcast this week. I am joined by the lovely Natalie, who is all about spreading awareness for dyslexia. And she is here to talk to us about her story, her journey with dyslexia, and also the work that she does. So welcome to the podcast, Natalie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to have a discussion about dyslexia. Before we hit record, I was just telling Natalie that I'd recorded an episode last week with a guest where we were talking about dyslexia. So this is almost like part two of the dyslexia topic. So listeners or returning listeners will know that I have dyslexia and that's why I'm so passionate about spreading awareness and talking about the topic to help people feel less alone. But Natalie, what I would like to do, and I think would be a good starting point for me and also for listeners, is for you to give us a bit of a background story in regards to your journey with dyslexia, how you got diagnosed and how it has impacted your life. Amazing. Yes, of course, I would love to. So starting off, I was diagnosed very early, which is such an incredible gift that my parents gave me that understanding and clarity that I'm different, but that's okay, and that I can be successful. There's just a way that I have to approach things that's different to other people. I was very fortunate. I went to a school that had a strong basis in dyslexia and provided a lot of support for dyslexic people. So I really would say that my educational experience was fantastic. You know, it wasn't easy. I still worked hard. I still had challenges, but I really had a good grounding in understanding myself and understanding how to be the best version of myself. Then going forward into the workplace, I really nosedived from, I think most people would look at my educational grades and where I reached at university and think, yeah, you know, that's very, that's very, that's very good. It's very capable. And really those early years of work, I just didn't know what to do, didn't know how to help myself, wasn't sure on where I should go in terms of a career that really benefited who I am and and how I need to work and, and manage things. My confidence just really dipped and I started taking a nosedive. And I think one of the key messages that I really try and talk about is because I struggled with this is I thought I was the only one that I was struggling you hear so much around dyslexia with school and education and how it's okay that we learn differently but when you go into the world of work that message that conversation that discussion just really isn't there and so it's so easy for you to think that it's not because you're dyslexic that you're struggling, it's because you're stupid or you're not capable or you're not working hard enough or you'll never be good enough. And you know that's not true. I know that's not true. The thousands of people that I speak to know that's not true, but because we're not having that conversation and it's it's kept kind of underneath and privately, that it's really easy to slip into that, that thought process so that's basically what I'm really keen to to create change for and, and really deliver yeah what an interesting story and I do think it's good that you were diagnosed at a young age and you were able to get the support that you need my story is a little bit different because I didn't get diagnosed till I was at university when I was 18 so I had gone through my edu- earlier education years let's say and didn't it didn't get picked up and I think I'll, for a lot of people it does because from my own understanding there are different extremes of dyslexia there is like or extreme where it's picked up quite early on and then there's people who it's not it's maybe a little bit more subtle but it's still there and then it's harder to detect but it's still those people who need that support in order to help them in regards to reaching their potential so when you made the transition from like school did you go into college or sixth form was it and then university 
Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things I would just touch on quickly with what you said, yes, absolutely, dyslexia is a spectrum. Yeah. Um, but I think also what's really important to recognize is that your um, background and, you know, the, the kind of school that you're in, um, you know, your parents' knowledge of this type of situation plays a large factor on whether or not you're picked up. Um, the other key element that can really decide whether or not you get picked up early or not is whether you're not your male or female so oh, wow. it's really common for women to be undiagnosed and diagnosed later and the reason for that is our natural instinct is to kind of keep things a little bit private keep things a little bit quiet and work harder so what women do when they're struggling and they're finding things difficult is they work three four hours more and they really take the time to figure things out make sure things are perfect and then go to the teacher and provide their work and not say a drop about how much extra hours they've put in or the time that they've done and so it's really really common for women to be undiagnosed particularly with dyslexia because of that natural instinct whereas um you know naturally potentially men might say something or they may not just not do their homework at all or something like that and then therefore they kind of get noticed a little bit earlier just one example of that is um the the support that I got at school there was a kind of specific uh kind of club that I went to uh, that had eight people in it six of them were men two of them were women and for a large proportion of my childhood I actually thought dyslexia only impacted men more but it's not it's just the the way that we're diagnosed wow what an interesting fact I never knew that and I never even thought that that could be the reason why because of the way that women are Exactly. So um, my, my dad was picked up um, as being dyslexic way before, um, you know, I came onto the scene. So he had an understanding and a knowledge of dyslexia. So when I started displaying signs as a child, it was it was kind of there for him to quickly pick up. Uh, also, I'm an only child. So, you know, there's an element of my parents having more time to kind of think about what's going on with me and, and you know, whether or not that needs to be discussed. So I think Yes, dyslexia is a spectrum and I don't deny that what, at all, but what I would say is that your specific experience, background and knowledge of this subject, and, and particularly whether or not you're a woman or, or a male, really has a huge impact on whether or not you're diagnosed. And another fact that you may not know or your listeners may not know is that 80% of people are thought to be undiagnosed with dyslexia, so it's really, really common. Well, I have had the thought if I never went to university, would I have ever been diagnosed with dyslexia? Mm. I am. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not surprised. You know, it's just we get older and as time moves on as a society, it's just becoming more and more known about and knowledgeable. And it's so common for people to be picked up in university outside of school or even, you know, maybe they go to work and their boss has dyslexia and they go, by the way, did, did you know you're kind of a quintessential case most pe dyslexic people uh, when they're older get picked up just because someone they know knows more about this and, and mentions it and then everything clicks like that mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's um really people are just lucky sometimes whether or not they get noticed or not mm. what are some of the signs that you would say are quite easy to pick up on to suggest that someone has dyslexia 
Yeah, sure. And so this would be as an adult, I would be talking about um, that's really more my my field of expertise. I think a couple of things that are really obvious, you know, obviously the known things about dyslexia is a challenge with spelling mm. and a challenge with with reading, particularly with reading aloud. So if that is something that you're struggling with, they are obviously quintessential signs particularly with spelling if you spell the same word but differently every single time you're kind of just giving it a go and you're not really sure what you're doing or maybe you look at a word no it's not spelled correctly but you just don't really know what you're trying to do <laughs> they would be kind of some signs with the standard things um, a couple of things that maybe people wouldn't be aware of and that maybe need a little bit more awareness is if you really struggle with your lefts and rights potentially or you know you know which way is left and right but if you're asked on a split second you're like ah, 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 ah. um telling the time on a clock face might be another example so it just takes you that little bit longer to process and you're kind of like oh, 12 one two three um or if you really struggle with verbal instructions. So, you know, your spouse says to you, oh, honey, could you go to the supermarket and pick up ketchup, barbecue sauce, chicken, and, you know, you forget four out of the 10 things that they ask you, or those kind of things are, are common dyslexic challenges that, you know, someone might be facing and not realize that they're connected to dyslexia. And like I said, they still come on during adulthood as well. So. Um, you know, I my watch, for example, I, I have to have a digital one rather than a clock face because it just takes me too long to, to kind of work out the time. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Mine's not too much with the watch face, but I do have I do resonate with the whole memory thing and also with the spelling and spelling words differently all every other time. And because what I do now on social media and I create courses and programs, I'm also real I'm always really mindful of my spelling and my grammar and making sure that everything looks professional. And I guess I put like extra pressure on myself when I'm putting content out there that it it is okay and it's 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 right so to speak because you put it out to the world and sometimes it can really impact your confidence do you find that with people who have dyslexia that as an adult it can influence their level of confidence and you know for the people who you support and work with what are some of the things that you suggest that they can start to do to build that confidence so that dyslexia doesn't you know hold them back in any areas yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the main areas that I am trying to work on and focus on, because I think exactly like I said, where that conversation isn't happening currently and people are keeping things under their hat, they're not talking about things. There really is an ability for the emotional side of dealing with dyslexia that can kind of build up. So maybe someone corrects your spelling or maybe you make a mistake and someone spots it. Something like that. The feeling you have inside about the fact that, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about how I speak to myself, not about how you actually are. I would say that I'm useless, that I'm stupid, that I just I'm never going to get it. There's a load of profanities that are probably not appropriate for your podcast <laughs> that I would use to speak about myself. And they they just aren't helpful. They're not going to ensure you're improving they're not going to encourage you to take a step forward they're quite restrictive and so I really try and encourage people to see that negative side of things and really try and create change to um, ensure you're able to just navigate life more effectively because if you're sitting there beating yourself up on a daily basis who is that really helping it's certainly not you mm. 
So in terms of, you know, practical, actionable advice, that's my big thing, um, you know, understanding yourself and, and trying to talk about and normalize these things are really great start place, but I'm really keen on always trying to give people helpful advice. So what I would say is that you need to start talking about these things. You need to start realizing that you aren't alone. You need to start opening up about them because we know as a society, keeping things to ourselves is just never a helpful way for success. What I think a lot of dyslexia people don't realize is the ridiculous amount of people who are dyslexia it's estimated to be over 700 million people globally wow. exactly and you're sitting there thinking that you're the worst person ever because you spelled business wrong once <laughs> I mean it's just it's a ridiculous set of circumstances when you put it in that kind of global scale the amount of people in every workplace in every gym and every restaurant just in your family in your friendship group they're everywhere and everyone is experiencing dyslexia in a very similar way to the way you probably are so talk about it it's scary sometimes you don't get the reactions you want but with the right people in the right way it can make a huge difference and then the other thing I would say is I don't diminish the challenges that come with dyslexia I understand exactly from my own personal experience how frustrating it can be how irritating it can be how debilitating sometimes it can be but the reality is is that our brain is just different and differences come with positives and negatives and if you just spend your entire time focusing on the negatives that's really just not going to help you I see so many dyslexic people who message me and say something like what kind of job can I do that ensures that I don't have to like deal with my dyslexia? It's like, well, there's not many jobs in the world where you don't have to read or write and then you don't have to take on verbal instructions. So let's maybe change that narrative and that mindset and say, okay, what kind of job can I do that maximizes my dyslexic strengths that really help me lean in to what I'm good at, what I'm capable at. And so when I do have challenges and difficulties, it's okay because I've provided a great service or a great offer. My approach to things is really valued so that it's okay that I make the occasional mistake or I'm in the right environment that really helps me. So I really try and encourage people not to ignore the challenges, but really think about both sides of dyslexia I like that I like the process the idea of focusing on focusing on what is good on the strengths instead of repeating things in in a limitation way and quite negative about yourself because that doesn't help any situation in life does it when you start to speak very negatively about your abilities and who you are as a person and it's not trying to downplay it or ignore it it's just acknowledging that it's part of you it's who you are and it doesn't need to limit you it doesn't need to hold you back it's just how you navigate around that situation and when you're focusing constantly on the negatives and the limitations that it's going to bring that all you'll see more of and I think it is important for us to talk about a lot of the positives and attributes that a dyslexic person has because I find personally for me obviously everybody's different and the fact that so many people do have dyslexia in the world and there's even more people who are diagnosed it's just so it just blows my mind it really does and I think when you talk about or think about the positive sides of dyslexia people with dyslexia and what that has 
there, that, that needs to be spoke about more, doesn't it? To help build people's confidence and to help them get into a career that they feel brings out the best in them and that it feels natural for them to do instead of trying to fit themselves into a situation where they're not happy. So what are some of the things that you've found in your experience through working with people who have dyslexia? Where that seems to be a common theme in regards to the, the, the good sides or what some of the strengths are. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I notice most about dyslexia people is that we do know that dyslexia comes with strengths. It's not something that's unknown. It is a concept that we're aware of. But because dyslexia people are just dealing every single day with the frustrations, the difficulties, the challenges of dyslexia, they find it difficult to see the strengths in themselves. Yeah. So if you're feeling like that, if you're thinking to yourself, like, yes, I know I have dyslexia, but really I just don't feel the positives in my day-to-day life I would say to someone like that start thinking about the lived experience that you've had with dyslexia how it has created the person that you are today and then build from there and what I mean by that is you probably are incredibly hardworking. you probably put in much more effort to every element of your life than you probably need to and that pays dividends in a way that maybe you're not respecting and thinking about or potentially you're incredibly determined and resilient so when a problem arises when a challenge occurs you're straight back up again you're willing to fight harder you're willing to go again and that's another reason why dyslexia people are such amazing entrepreneurs because that hard-working determined resilient characteristic that has developed in us from children really just comes out fighting in adult life and then the final one that's a common lived experience strength is your ability to be empathetic and kind and want to support people who are struggling because you know what it feels like you understand that experience and you're determined to create change for someone else those three characteristics alone which are incredibly common across every dyslexic person I mean I can see yourself nodding as well yeah they are amazing qualities that we should be so incredibly proud of let alone the way that our brain processes information that leads to incredible strengths on top of that as well Mm, yeah I love that and I resonate with everything that you've just said there when it comes to reading and expanding your knowledge a lot of my listeners are working towards their personal development journey wanting to improve themselves or just learn and explore different areas in their life to improve their knowledge in general and reading's a big thing in regards to achieving that and I personally advocate about reading books and learning but reading has sometimes been a bit of a struggle for me personally because I'm quite a slow reader but me being me quite stubborn it's not stopped me and I've always returned back and gone back to reading and I've managed to get through quite a lot of books and when I say get through I'm not just saying like reading to tick it off about like a tick box exercise I've read that book it's actually like absorbing the information thinking about what I've learned how can I apply that to my life but what are some of the tips that you would give to a person who does want to start reading maybe they are a little bit delayed with the processing of information or they struggle with understanding certain words pronouncing certain words when they are reading in order to help them in regards to their learning yeah absolutely I mean it's something that I also struggle with myself like I said uh I really um Uh, kind of the ambassador for my brand I I certainly struggle with reading myself and I have brought out with me I'm I'm on holiday right now I've brought out with me three books 
I've read five pages of one book. So, <laughs> you know, there was an optimist in me that thought, yeah, I'll, I'll have plenty of time and I'll read and I'll be excited and, and I'll, I'll have the kind of mental space to be able to really crack on with these books. No, it didn't quite happen. Um, the kind of basic tips that I would give someone is, is firstly, there's plenty of you know, audio books out there. There's absolutely no shame in preferring an audio book, giving that one a go, trying that different option. Loads of dyslexic people rave about audiobooks. And I think there's a kind of snobbishness about audiobooks rather than the kind of having something physical in your hand. Get over that. Just whatever works for you. If you love audiobooks, you've read that book. You've had the information, you've had the enjoyment and the experience, you've expanded your mind in whatever kind of book you're reading. Doesn't matter if it's audio or if it's something physical in your hand. That would be my first comment. My second thing is uh, exactly like you've identified, we have the ability to read. It's just sometimes a little slower, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult, sometimes things take us a couple of times to reread before we really process that information correctly. Mm. The other thing I do notice about dyslexic people is we really are a stickler for knowing everything. It's a very common dyslexic trait. So, you know, where you, some of your friends might skim a book, get the gist of it, that'd be enough for you. You're sitting there with your highlighter, you're writing <laughs> your notes, you're folding over pages. We really love to know everything which is just quite an amusing trait I wouldn't try and uh, stop anyone from being like that but if someone is doing that for a book I think it's worth noting but what I would say is really think about what is best for you when you're reading so for me it is ensuring I'm not tired you know ultimately I've accepted that after a long day at work reading is not really an opportunity for me because it's tough and it's difficult and my brain is not really there I'm better off doing something else so I, I read when I know that I'm in the right headspace so maybe that means a weekend maybe that means a holiday and if that's all I can manage that's fantastic to me or maybe it's in the morning on the commute into work secondly I really do need silence or at least uh, no background noise because my brain is determined to do anything else other than read so I either like to read in the bath or with kind of instrumental music that completely uh, sounds uh, cuts out any other noise so that's another really good tip I would give to someone so they would be probably my three audiobooks are great there's no shame in not being able to read after a long day's work find the right time for you and silence or instrumental music is a really big help yeah I can't read after a long day that you know, of work I, I just won't consume the information it's just not productive like I am much more of a morning person that's when I get my best work done my brain is most alert I've had rest and I can get stuck in and then I find like as the night goes on I know some people are like night owls but it's just I'm not like that at all I need to be able to get my most productive stuff done in the morning and then I guess it's like you say it's what works right best for you and having that self-awareness to then use it to your advantage and I do like audiobooks and I absolutely love listening to podcasts and that's why I created my own because you can learn and have so much value can't you through just listening to people talk and, and obviously having that conversation when it comes to like memory retention and learning so whether someone is doing a course at the moment at university or whatever it is what are some tips that you would give to a person to help improve their memory with this if they have dyslexia because that can be a trait can't in terms of 
being quite forgetful. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one of the key challenges with dyslexic people is a term called working memory. And basically what that means is it's your super short term memory. So the best way to think about it with dyslexia, so I'll try and use some imagery here, is it's like a post-it note. So the kind of you have you write your brain writes something down and then it tries to do something with that that post-it yeah. note so when someone is giving you that shopping list it's got a little post-it note of five or things and it wants to do something with that information and it will just forget it if you don't do something with it so that's what, what working memory is and the way to think about it if you're a dyslexic person or really this is the way working memory works is it's it's a table and your brain can only put so much stuff on the table before it gets overwhelmed and before it can't manage anything. And the dyslexic person's table is just that little bit smaller so it can handle a little bit less. So the key with memory and particularly where someone's giving you verbal instructions is you need to do something with that information as soon as possible. You need to clear that table and ensure that it is as distraction free as possible so what i'm talking about here is writing things down immediately after you've heard them so someone gives you a set of instructions or someone's giving you a list write them down write them down in notes on your phone send them on a voice note um you know whatever it is you have to do to get it out of your brain and also don't overwhelm that that table so if you're already stressed, if you're tired, if you're dehydrated, if you haven't exercised a lot, then your table just gets smaller and you have to be aware of that. So on the days when you're tired, you probably notice your dyslexia is worse. And it's really just important to know that. So, you know, if you're doing a task that you know is going to be really difficult for your dyslexia, or maybe you're kind of trying to do some memory pieces, maybe that day is not the day to do it. Maybe there's another day that is better. Or maybe you need to just take a brain break, go for a walk and come back fresh so you can rejuvenate your table, make your table fresh again. You know, you've taken off all those extra things that you're layering on top of your brain. Hopefully that's an image that slightly helps people. I've, I've mixed my metaphor a little bit there, but that's generally the, the best thing that you can do in terms of memory for dyslexia is just be aware of what, what exactly you're asking your brain to do and exactly what your brain needs actually back from you to be the best that it can be. Yeah, that completely made sense to me. And I was able to visualize what you meant. And I can see how it relates to my personal experiences with memory in regards to writing things down. Or if I don't act on something straight away, then I will forget. And I'm a very visual person anyway. I'm very creative. I like to do things. And in order to be able to do that and visualize it and see it, then I can then almost like I've dealt with that and then anything else like the smaller things if I've not put the time into like make a note or put it in my diary then that'll go and then I'm like oh how have I managed to do that because you have the best intentions yeah so I, I the the kind of um to, to make the metaphor a bit simpler the best way to think of it is a non-dyslexic person's working memory is like a dining table a dyslexic person's is like a side table and then when you're really tired it's like those little tables you get on the side of a sofa which you're just able to put your drink on so you know your table is getting smaller and smaller and smaller um depending on you know whether or not you're asking too much of your brain or whether or not you're really tired or you put too much on it and really all you're trying to do is make the size of your table bigger by doing the right things for your brain so that means um you know working in the mornings 
not overloading yourself or maybe it's being visual so your brain is able to connect things better so color coding is a perfect example of the type of things that can really help so um all of your work to-do list is in blue or your personal to-do list is in yellow and you know any anything else to do with your kids maybe is in pink and so you're able to just look down and you're able to see oh okay right i've got four blue things to do today right really need to crack on with work and it's just about reducing that load for your brain making the size of your table bigger by helping it with things like color coding Mm. and that's a really good idea and suggestion for people to help with their time management too because i know people who have dyslexia can struggle with underestimating how much or how long a particular task will take them i was actually chatting with the previous guest last week in regards to this and she mentioned how um like her friends and family always tell her to get there a little bit earlier than than when it's the thing starts so she's on time instead of being late and I could resonate with that because I went through a period where I was late for things a lot and I really wanted to work on well I've I've worked on that and I've got so much better but I think time management is something that a lot of people do struggle with who have dyslexia so how or what advice would you give to to someone to help improve them with the time management So I think I should probably start by answering this question by saying that I have an online community where we discuss different ideas and topics of how to help yourself. And the community asked for a session on dyslexia and organization. And when we run the session, we realized that really we should have entitled it dyslexia and disorganization because none of us really had any capability of being organized. But we did come up with some useful ideas and thoughts on on really how to approach it. And I think there's a couple of things to mention here is firstly a lot of dyslexic people really hyper focus on dealing with being organized so they become really obsessed with being organized because they know their natural state is to not be organized so they kind of really overcompensate on that if you're that type of person fantastic good for you i applaud you i sadly do not fall into that category and fall into the slightly more learning to accept that I'm a little bit of a scatterbrain and ultimately there is an element of I am who I am when it comes to organization. I think there's a couple of key things I would say is that exactly like you identified, breaking down the time that things are going to take is a really common dyslexic challenge and where that can come from is your brain's ability to understand all the elements that fall within a task. So it's very common for people to realize that actually something's going to take them a lot longer or not as long because they're not really very good at clearly breaking down and defining what each element includes. So writing that down can go a really long way into establishing what actually you need to do and how long things will really take you. I also think it's really important to create a structure that works for you. So if you're falling into someone else's structure, you're trying to force your brain into being a certain way and working in a certain way, that really does tend to be a recipe for disaster and ultimately end up your system breaking down and failing. I really like color coding is the other way that I really like to manage things. So different items have different colors and then prioritization is a key challenge for dyslexic people. So uh, what I do every day is I write down a to-do list visually so I can see what it is. And then I highlight one thing that I absolutely have to do that day. And that really helps me to ensure that I stay on track. 
Yeah, amazing tips. And I can resonate with what you're saying too. And I think a lot of people who have dyslexia will also. And I would like to delve into a little bit more the reason why you created the organization that you have and, and share with the listeners what it actually is and what it's about because I think it's amazing what you're doing and you obviously have so much knowledge on the topic so you're a perfect spokeswoman for dyslexia so yeah share that with us please well I I actually think I'm a perfect spokesperson for the business because I desperately wish that I'd had my own business 10 years ago um I like to think of myself as my perfect customer um So the idea is exactly like we talked about earlier in the show, that there's a really strong headway in terms of how we're dealing with children and the education system in the UK, particularly around dyslexia. I'm by no means saying it's perfect, but there is a lot of smart people working on creating really significant change. And that's fantastic. But when we think about adults and we talk about the way that adults are treated In my experience, sometimes it can be a little bit of an afterthought. So if you're looking for help and support on how to manage dyslexia, in some occasions, it can be one page of a website or a couple of elements here or there on how to help yourself. But like we've discussed, so many people are dyslexic. It stays with you your entire life. You still need coping strategies and ideas and thoughts on who you are and then how to help yourself. So at a very simple way, it's a online community to help empower adult dyslexics. So I want to give people the knowledge and reassurance that isn't just them, what they're experiencing is normal, it is okay, and it's perfectly all right to have a good vent and bitch session, because (laughs) sometimes that's exactly what we need. And then when you're ready, and when you've had that, The next step is to help empower you by giving you information, resources, and knowledge on how to help yourself. And then finally, what I'm trying to ultimately achieve is how people feel positive about their dyslexia. So understand what their strengths are and truly believe them. And that second half is pretty much 75% of the battle. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's the idea in, in a kind of nutshell that it's really an opportunity to put the conversation of dyslexia centered around adults rather than being an element of the conversation. And when did you have the idea to create that? It's more an evolution than a genesis. So I have struggled with my dyslexia, particularly in my adult life for well over 10 years. And about four years ago, I thought, it's weird that no one really talks about adults. I can't be the only one that's thinking this. Roll on two years, uh, my imposter syndrome finally gave up on me. And I decided that if no one else was going to do it, I was gonna have to do it myself. And so I started talking about adult dyslexia, discussing the problems and experiences that we have as dyslexic people. Got an unbelievable response, just put my ideas out into the ether and people really connected with them. And I was really lucky to grow a little bit of a following on Instagram. And then I realized that just talking about the normal experiences that we have as dyslexic people is a great start, but I'm determined to create change and really help people. And so then evolved on the community to build that, to take it off Instagram and really work out what people need and how exactly I can help them. So that's 
online events, a knowledge hub, and we also have an amazing WhatsApp community as well. It's like creating that connection too, isn't it? Connection around like we we all experience the same thing in different ways and you don't have to experience this alone. You can talk about it. And I think you're absolutely right with what you're saying about adults in the workplace and it being overlooked when it comes to having dyslexia because there will be a lot of responsibilities depending on what a person's role is in their career or whether they have their own business. And it will still affect them in adulthood as it did in childhood, as it did in university. It doesn't just go away and stop. Yes, you might have better coping strategies to deal with it but it does still need to be acknowledged so do you see yourself taking that even further and bigger in regards to spreading that awareness and and changing things in regards to support for adults in the workplace when it comes to having dyslexia yeah I think if I was to encapsulate the business idea in one simple moment When you're dyslexic, quite often one of the things that you need to do is tell your boss or your employer that you're dyslexic. So you need to explain to them that you're dyslexic. You need to usually explain what dyslexia is to them, how they can help you. And you also need to reassure them that you're still a fantastic employee, that they shouldn't have any concerns, that you're still going to be an amazing addition to their business. Try Googling how to tell your boss you have dyslexia there's not a lot of information out there and yet exactly like we've said there are millions of people in the world who are having these conversations daily and they're having to figure it out themselves and usually unfortunately what will happen is they'll have a mistake they'll have a challenge they'll have a frustration and then they'll just kind of blurt it out they'll say oh it's because I'm dyslexic yeah And really, that's probably not the best way to tell someone because you're not doing certain elements of that conversation that I just mentioned. Not really giving anyone a chance to explain truly what dyslexia is, every single element of it. They're only connecting it to that one specific moment. Mm -hmm. You're probably not able to um, express correctly because in that moment you're frustrated and irritated and you're embarrassed potentially how you would like to be helped and supported. And you probably aren't even thinking that you need to remind them that you're an absolutely stellar employee and they should have no concerns at your ability to do the job. You're just asking for a little bit more support or some small amendment and changes. And so that's the mistake I see a lot of people making is having that conversation in potentially not the best way. Mm. That's one simple example of why dyslexic people need to have a conversation around adulthood as well because exactly like you identified the conversations and difficulties and experiences we have just change and evolve they don't necessarily go away so yes you may not be struggling with your ability to read anymore but you still have your own unique set of challenges whether or not that's organization time planning verbal instructions um any element of that you know um, mental overload they still experience uh, intersexual in adulthood. So I think in terms of where I'm, you know, really hoping to go forward with the business is I really want this to be the one-stop shop for anyone who is looking for more experience or understanding or help on dyslexia in adulthood. I really want it to be a center of gravity for everything that you need to navigate life as a dyslexic person. So whether or not that's free resources or you want that little bit extra support and therefore you come into the community that's really what I want this business to be 
Oh, it's exciting. And I definitely think it's needed within the space because I'm the same as you. I struggle to find or see different people who are talking about dyslexia. And I don't actually know why it's not commonly spoke about. Do you know of any reason or is it just? I I think I, I've, I've given it a lot of thought and, and ultimately I, I don't really know myself because like I said, I had this idea about six years ago and I thought, well, someone else is going to do this because obviously this is needed. And here I am still, to a certain extent, just me doing it in this particular niche that I fall in. Mm. I think there's a couple of elements in that um, we don't really think of neurodiversity in the broadest sense of what it is. We think of it in a very narrow sense that it's children and it's reading and spelling. And I think when we open up people's ideas and eyes to the reality of the lived experience of a neurodiverse person, you realize the breadth of the experience and therefore it makes total sense that the conversation should be happening um, more and that it's something that's needed. But I think because it's viewed in, in such a narrow guise that we don't think to have the conversation, it's not that we're purposefully not having them, but we just don't think to have them. It's almost like you just get on with it and deal with it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but whole, exactly. But the whole point in having the conversation is to be able to share awareness, spread ed- education, and then build community, which is obviously what you're doing. And then that helps people in regards to feeling proud that they have dyslexia, not having to hide that they have dyslexia, not having to be ashamed that they have dyslexia, and not allowing dyslexia or thinking they need to allow dyslexia to hold them back. You know, when you've been doing your research in regards to dyslexia, because you're clearly very knowledgeable on the topic have you come across a lot of successful people who have dyslexia who've done amazing things and is there anyone who you want to share with the listeners that you've come across gosh I mean there's so many amazing people doing really incredible advocacy work gosh there are so many amazing people doing really incredible advocacy work and it's so inspiring to see the conversations that they're having and the work people are doing I think a lot of your listeners will probably be aware of a lot of celebrities who are doing advocacy work and I think that's really amazing such as Richard Branson is a really commonly known one one um, account that probably could deserve a really good shout out that's fantastic if you're looking for more of that everyday experience is there's a book out by two people called Amazing Dyslexics and they interview people across lots of different jobs, lots of different professions at the top of their game and they talk about their dyslexia and how it was a challenge but yet they were able to overcome it, the strengths that are associated with dyslexia in their particular field and we're talking a surgeon, a judge, you know in in the creative industries and digital marketing and every single field and element of work where you might think I can't possibly do that job because I'm dyslexic they have interviewed someone and been able to put to paper the amazing things that they're doing and also it's written for dyslexics so it's incredibly um you know something is very visual and you're really able to digest the information so I think you know, instead of one person, um, you know, the amazing thing that they're doing is they're shouting about hundreds of people. I love that. I'll definitely have to check them out. because I'll, I'll give them so you can put them in the show notes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, amazing. So also what I did want to ask you, because this podcast is all about like self-development, self-improvement, and it is called Lift Yourself. So when you are in a rut or if you feel like you are kind of stuck in a situation, what do you do? 
to help lift yourself out of that situation? What are some of your practices that help? Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully, like I have displayed throughout this podcast, is I'm a really big believer in being honest about my experience with dyslexia. I am not trying to sit here and tell you that it is roses and amazing and everyone should want to be dyslexic it's the most incredible experience every single day feel positive all the time because that's just not true mm. I have bad days I make mistakes I'm constantly disorganized I'm by no means perfect so I think what I have really tried to do on the days where I make a mistake where I do something embarrassing when I'm late or I don't turn up for something I try and remind myself that it's okay. Everyone has weaknesses. Everyone has challenge points. Everyone has areas of improvement. These just happen to be mine because I think dyslexic people are quite obsessed by their weaknesses. And I try and remind myself that ultimately there will be someone else who I'm looking at who's incredibly organized, who's fantastic at amazing things that I am not good at but I'm good at things that they're not good at I have strengths and elements that other people wouldn't be able to do people often say to me that I'm really good at creating connections and that I have an amazing storytelling ability and I just remind myself that you know it's just uh, like a weighing scales and some days the positive side of my dyslexia kind of comes up and then some days the negative side comes down and and that's unfortunately just a reality of my life but I think I I guess if I was to better explain that it's just a little bit of self-kindness and just accepting that if I make a mistake if I have a difficulty then it really in most cases is not the end of the world you should see some of the scrapes I've got myself out of if I can get out of them I can probably get out of some of the others that I'll get myself into yeah it's like having that self-compassion isn't it and self-love and treating yourself with kindness it's so vital because there's no point in beating yourself up over things you acknowledge what's happened like okay yeah what can I learn from this situation and then it's about moving forward because dwelling on the same thing making the same mistakes is just not going to help your situation so I love that and I think it might sound so like simple to people but it's really effective because it's all how you view your situation so if for you it's a case of if I uh, if I am late to something or if I forget something it really makes me feel bad about myself but this is how I this is what I do to make sure that it doesn't affect the rest of my day or the rest of my week and I think that's a really powerful message thank you exactly it's it's not something I'm perfect at every single day don't get me wrong I certainly beat myself up on days no one's perfect though (laughs) exactly but what I have really worked on is the amount of time that I beat myself up I think that's the key it might be a 20 second oh Natalie honestly you are just useless and then and then I'm and then I check myself and I say no we're not we're not going down that road we're not we're not we're not engaging in that path and I try and move forward whereas before it might have been three or four days of I just can't believe you made that mistake I am so mortified I think the other thing that has really helped me on that journey of of being like that is um, I'm really lucky that my audience on Instagram is incredibly generous with their stories. So I quite often will put out and say, this has just happened to me. You won't believe the latest of my like little Natalie moments. 
and they reply and tell me theirs and I you realize how universal your experience is and how it's really not that embarrassing and so I collate them and share them back and we all just have a good laugh at ourselves and don't take ourselves too seriously and that I think really goes a long way as well yeah definitely yeah I couldn't agree anymore but one of the things that was coming to me as you were talking as well is how you'd mentioned that you had the idea or you had the thought of why isn't someone talking about this why is this not being picked up and I find sometimes I have similar thoughts that I think everyone else is thinking what I'm thinking but really they're not it's just me thinking it but I like almost downplay this this idea thinking oh it's everyone must have the same idea do you think that is that just a mean you thing or is that treating someone who has dyslexia no it's an extremely extremely common dyslexic strength unique ideas and unique thinking or noticing patterns is an incredibly common dyslexic strength and unfortunately because I had just raging imposter syndrome that I didn't do anything about it for years but now I've realized that my unique way of thinking and the ability I have to connect ideas and put interesting results in place is such an amazing thing about my dyslexia and I really just love letting that flow and I really take the time when something pops into my head I think to myself do you know what I bet other people aren't thinking that I'm gonna I'm gonna do that I'm gonna action that because I'm pretty lucky that I've had that thought yeah it's a practice thing isn't it and then it's trusting yourself and then having the confidence to put yourself out there which takes time but I was the same like I had a lot of imposter syndrome and would delay even things like starting this podcast building my own business you know putting content out there whatever it whatever it is I've you know been in that situation too thinking oh I can't do this or maybe I shouldn't do this and it's just until you face that feeling or that idea and you actually start to take baby steps that's when the momentum starts to build up and then you start to think actually I'm onto something here I need to keep going now yeah I love that yeah oh amazing so before you do go Natalie where can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram or they want to be a part of your community yeah absolutely so the Instagram handle is dyslexia and adults so check me out there and then you know if you're interested in joining the community or you want to understand more about it then just send me a dm and I'm pretty much obsessed with my phone so I'll probably reply instantly uh Natalie thank you so much for your time and sharing this you know your story when it comes to dyslexia and having a chat with me about it because it's been so helpful for me personally and it will also help a lot of listeners my pleasure. I had a wonderful time. I, I'm so lucky that this is my job. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Lift Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to check out my previous episodes that I have uploaded. And if you would like to give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app, that would help me and the podcast out massively. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Once again, thank you so much for your support and listening and I will talk to you all soon.